Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cast of Drips Blood. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me today across the internet is... Jigsaw Jody. Maniac Mike. Nice of you all to join me this fine morning. Uh, it's getting colder out, so good times there for sure. And uh, today's topic of the day is going to be the impact video stores had on horror cinema and uh, kind of a retrospective on the video stores as, from my knowledge, the last, I think, big uh, movie store franchise has recently announced that they were closing. Um... So family video uh, has has recently closed. So I think it's I think it's time to do that. Went to a liquidation sale, and Mike can vouch for me that I uh, I sadly picked up quite a few films, um, yep. but begrudgingly I actually, so. I went back yesterday and picked up even more. Oh wow, cool! No, I was I mean if there if there's anything left, I guess I need to go. Um, they have a ton of 4Ks left. Oh cool! I picked up uh, Ant Man versus the Wasp 4K for like. Six bucks, seven bucks. Oh, that's really good. And uh, it's good prices, but not good reasons for why we got those prices. I would uh, rather them stayed in business. And uh, um, before we get into that, I, I think uh, Mike can vouch for me. I ticked off some people at Family Video as I as I uh, was talking to him rather loudly and said, if all of these people that were here uh, whenever the video store was uh, closing, then uh, or before they closed, then uh, they wouldn't be out of business, and I got some funny looks. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they feel bad. Um, but before we get into that, I'm sorry. I, I'm a mean person sometimes. But, oh, well, before we get into that, uh, let's talk about what we've been watching. First up, Jigsaw Jody, what have you been watching? I've been watching a few things. Uh, I watched Mando Season 2 all in one evening. Um that's how I prefer to watch something like that, especially something that's 8 to 10 episodes. But I will never do that again because everything awesome about Season 2 had gotten spoiled. So I will definitely be, when all of the Marvel shows come out this year, I'll be getting those week by week. And then when Mando Season 3 comes out, I'll watch it every week. That's um, So yeah, like so so many amazing things and they all got spoiled. So, But it was still a 10 out of 10 watch, even though I knew like where some things were going and... It was uh, still full of surprises, so it's an excellent show. Uh, I watched a movie called Werewolf Island. Uh, it was filmed mm. in my hometown. It's actually supposed to be called The Legend of Dog Lady Island. There are no werewolves in Werewolf Island. And if you see the video, at <laughs> family video, it is a giant werewolf on the 
co- front cover that is not in the movie, and people are going to be mad. So, but for a locally produced shoestring budget film, it was kind of cool to watch. Um, I watched the Social Dilemma documentary on Netflix, and that was something. Uh, I give that a nine out of ten. It was very informative, very scary. Um, but nothing I hadn't already been kind of thinking about mm-hmm. anyway. I uh, watched Matt Mulraney's Black Bottom, finally. That's a 9 out of 10. The performances are off the charts in that. I did a double feature of The Monster Squad and the documentary about it, Wolfman's Got Nards. Yes. Uh, the Monster Squad was a movie I was obsessed with as a kid. Uh, I love it. Um, and the documentary did a really good justice. So it was a really good pair to watch together. I watched Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, which I thought was fine. I di- I neither loved it nor hated it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I watched Max Reload and the Nether Blasters on Amazon Prime. Uh, one of the best movies that probably barely nobody has heard of. It's about a cursed ColecoVision game. And these guys in a buy-sell-trade video game store, much like the one I've worked at for 10 years, on and off, um, play it. And then it releases demons into the ether and... It's a ton of fun. It's got cameos by Kevin Smith, Will Wheaton, and Lynn Shay. And it's just a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, Especially for anybody who has ever worked in a video game store or especially a buy-sell-trade video game store. Working at GameStop is nothing like the experience of working at one that is owned by, you know, just a mom and pop. So uh, that's a really good experience. And then I watched The Assistant on... Hulu, and I gave that an 8 out of 10. It's got Ruth Langmore from Ozark in it, and she's really, really good. It's mm-hmm. about a day in the life of somebody working for a movie executive, and it was clearly, obviously, Harvey Weinstein. But mm-hmm. they you know, they never say that, of course. But um, just the things that one has to go through knowing that all kinds of sexual abuse is going on at your business. But... You know, also having to face possibly never being able to work again. So the dilemmas that those raise. And last night we watched Tread, um, a documentary <laughs> on Netflix about, yeah, the guy who did a tank rampage, uh, bulldozer rampage in a Colorado town back in 2004. And that certainly was a portrait of madness and very, very good as well. So that's it for me. Cool. Yeah, that, that documentary is pretty good. And in a way, you feel sorry for the guy, but I don't think it was quite as bad as he thought it was. Yeah, no. I thought he was delusional the whole yeah, time. Sure. I didn't. I did, honestly never felt really bad for him at all. No, um, I, I I believe that there was some small town politics kind of kicking him in the butt, but I don't think it was as overboard as as he thought it was. Yeah. I mean, he got screwed. Sure. I mean, I'm not being about that. I'm just saying, I, I, I always, I always have a hard time with these rampage movies where they want you to feel bad for somebody when they're doing horrible actions. It's like, I can't, sorry, dude, you, you did something really bad and endangered a lot of people and you can go F off. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when they're always like, God wants me to do this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure not. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. All right. Um, I've only got two movies that I've watched this week. Uh, the first one was, uh, well, both of them I was playing catch-up. Uh, the highly recommended Love and Monsters. And uh, this movie's awesome. 
I, I did end up giving it a 10. Um, it strikes the right balance between action, thriller, comedy, and love story. It, it is dang near perfect in its blending of the, all those genres. Um, some very good performances and some touching moments as well. You get uh, some pretty hard-hitting dialogue for what the movie is. Uh, especially with a robot named Mavis. Um, you yeah, know, Mavis it, is cool. Yeah, it's a it's a very unique movie uh, in its presentation, and I can't speak good enough about it. Uh, this would have been in my top ten uh, had I watched it before the list, so I would probably go back and uh, change my top ten. Uh, but yeah, Love and Monsters, that, that movie is a 10 out of 10. And then uh, one I haven't marked down was I finally got around to watching Soul, uh, the, the Pixar film on Disney+. And that movie's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music in it, the story in it, uh, kind of the moral of the story, all of, the, all of it, it had me. It got me. And um, I really love that film. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, the voice acting in it is really good. Um, all the music in it's really good. And the, the kind of moral of the story is uh, of, you know, finding your place and don't let, don't think you have to be defined by one certain thing. And um, it, it was all amazing. So, uh, Love and Monsters and Soul. I watched two great movies this week. Awesome. No, I'm, I'm glad you you enjoyed both of those. They came came highly recommended for sure. Yep. And, uh, kind of figured you would like like both of those quite a bit. So I'm glad glad that came true. But uh, okay, I guess I'm up next uh, for what I've been watching. Uh, I have watched a ton of stuff. I have um, I basically been going back and checking out 2020 releases, adding them back to my list. Um, just trying to catch up with the last set of movies that I really wanted to watch of the year. So my lists have been updated, so check them out. Um, they're on the on Letterboxd. I may post them again on, on Facebook uh, with an updated list at, at a later time uh, after I get a couple more in. Um, but the first one to talk about is Uncle Peckerhead. Um, finally got around to checking this one out. Um, it's not not what you think it is. Basically, this old man's called Peckerhead by his dad, and um, which is kind of a you know mean thing to say, I would guess. But that's part of the weird charm of the movie, I guess. It's just it's a strange film, but it's got a lot of heart. It's about a punk band traveling around, and they got this old man Peckerhead who turns into a monster at night and um, a zombie specifically, and uh, you know they have to deal with that kind of like whether they want to deal with that or not. Um, but really the guy's a nice dude and just trying to help out with the band, but he has to subdue those urges of a monster at the end of the day. So it's kind of weird. Um, but, but a good movie. I enjoyed it. I watched the dark and the wicked. This is uh, Brian Bertino's new film. Very interesting director. He was the original director of, uh, of, uh, the strangers, which is what most people would know him by and the monster, um, which was, I think an a 24 film from 2016 or 2017, somewhere in there. Um, I liked both of those movies, and frankly, either one of them normally would be like a kickstart type movie for a guy, but weirdly, his, his career, because The Strangers was extremely popular, and I think had he wrote off that success, 
with um, some more movies, he probably would have been a very popular horror director. I'm, I'm not exactly sure of his story. I'd be very interested in it. Um, I know he's kept active in the community, but it's just kind of strange that he didn't really capitalize on it. Um, and The Dark and the Wicked's a pretty good film. It's in that kind of the witch, like slow burner, kind of mumble core. I hate that phrase, but I mean, it's the way a lot of people used to, you know, talk about these movies. Um, very dialogue heavy, but uh, got some creepy vibes. Really good film, though. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, good stuff. Good to see Brian Bertino back. Hopefully he keeps on making films. Because this one seems a lot more low budget than his other ones did. Because um, I, I think a lot of people, you know, with his slower output of movies, just forget who he is, you know. Um, but either way, I watched A Good Woman is Hard to Find. A Shutter, I think a Shutter original of some sort. It might have been a festival film. It looked like one. Uh, very interesting film. It takes a weird spin on the uh, mother angle where it shows motherhood is frankly what it is, kind of a pain in the neck. It's not this, you know, white picket fence type idea that Hollywood often portrays it as. It's pain in the neck. And this mother is by herself and struggling with a lot of different things. And um, unfortunately, a drug dealer kind of shows up at her house and he's a loose cannon. And she's struggled with the choice of call the cops and he'll kill her and her kids or, or um, just deal with them. And things get way out of hand in this situation. And uh, she has to eventually fight for, for herself and for her family. And uh, beautiful film. I, I really enjoyed this. I think it's, I think it's worth checking out. Uh, that's a good woman. It's hard to find. Worth, worth watching. I watched Kill Baby Kill from Mario Bava. Uh, Another Shudder movie. I just kind of watched this one in the background. I, I really enjoyed it, though. Um, Mario Baba is super underrated in in the horror sphere, I think. Um, I know a lot of people really know about him, but as far as quality films, I would argue he might have the most quality output of any of the Italian directors. Now, obviously, I'd rather watch a Fulci movie because he's my jam, or Argento, but... Man, it's just his output of films is all quality. Uh, beautiful films. I watched uh, Mandy again. Don't really need to talk about it, but, you know, had to ring in the new year with uh, with Mandy. I watched a horror western with the pale door. It's fine. Um, it's slow. Uh, not a whole lot going on. It, it looks a little low budget at times, um, but it, it's it's got a good story, and there's some cool, cool visuals and stuff like that uh, for sure. It checks out blood vessel um uh which is about a kind of a nazi ship uh that these people um go on they're kind of trapped at sea and have to go on this vessel um it's a little hokey um but it's kind of fun um it's not great entertainment but it's worth checking out i think that one's on shutter too um the horror at party beach i finally got to check that one out black and white rubber suit monster uh, film from Severin releasing. I uh, got my uh, Black Friday order in from them finally and checked out the horror of Party Beach first. And uh, it's cool. It's got rubber suit monsters. And uh, of course, I'm going to like it. And uh, it's actually entertaining. It has a cool vibe. It's got that weird kind of um, old school uh, vibe to it. it. It's a good time. I watched Killing Bird Zombie 5. I was very disappointed with this one, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> It's got Claudio Fagrasso back again. Um, 
his ties in it. This thing's a mess. Um, it's a movie without much zombies or without barely any bird. Um, the bird is basically the plot to get them to this area where they're trying to hunt down a rare bird. And uh, there's a angry bird kill in like the beginning of the movie, and that's about it. Um, and then you hear some birds squawking throughout the film. That's about all you get of birds. Um, it's got some cool kills, like once it finally gets going. Um, but it takes forever. The characters suck. And uh, I, I did not enjoy this one very much, unfortunately. Um, and I watched Pieces of a Woman. Uh, this one's came out, I guess, it's 2020 release technically. Although I think it got released on Netflix like right at the beginning of the year so you know probably some sort of net like oscar knowledge or thing there um but it's got uh, kirby i forgot her first name but it's got him, her in it and then um shia labeouf in this this is going to be a trigger warning film for a lot of people um the topics are very dark and uh this is not the movie you want to watch if you're not feeling in a good mood because it's extremely depressing um <laughs> Uh, pretty good movie. Um, I had to put it very low on the on the on the funnel meter um, because of the, the topics, um, and then I think it has some technical issues and um, how it deals with its topics. So I would recommend doing research before watching this one. It is about child loss, um, like, and that's just a hard topic for a lot of people. And I've never went through that, thankfully, and. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry for anyone who has, and um, I just don't know if this accurately portrays that because I've never went through that. So I, I think this movie is for a fairly specific group of people, but I could, um, you know, notice and realize the, you know, the good traits of the film. It's, it's got some good technical elements. It's just there's some problematic casting, like Shia LaBeouf is in it, and um, him being a husband in, in a problematic role because he kind of plays this you know he goes off the deep end a little bit and after some of his allegations that have come out recently it's kind of hard to watch his character you're like this is almost a little too real um which isn't really the fault of the film although they probably should have known what they were getting with him you know because he's always been a loose cannon but oh well i'll, I'll get off my soapbox either way i watched fear farm finally got around checking that one out <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun movie um I, I had to lighten up the mood after that one and uh i enjoyed it it's another one of those you know fun house gone wrong movies which are becoming very common so i think this is right at the precipice of where you're like okay if we get too many more of these type of movies it's going to be too much you know that that trend is going to get burnt out um and it's going to happen you know it, it's just the way that the the movie industry works but um, you know, this one at least is fun. It's got some bad characters, but it, it's a good one to check out. It takes an interesting enough spin with it to be worth checking out. Finally got around to Yummy. Um, oh, man, I loved that one. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, <laughs> this one's gory. Um, uh, this is another one like Possessor that's probably Steady Steve's worst nightmare. Um, a ton of content um, in it. Very graphic, gory. But it keeps a light tone. It's basically um, a story about this plastic surgery clinic. Um, this woman goes in for a breast reduction surgery uh, because people keep making fun of her for it um, or, or just being overtly sexual about it. Um, 
And so she goes in there and tries to do that. Things go bad in the clinic, and, uh, yeah, it goes bad from there. Uh, there's some funny gags, and it, it's a great time. I, I do recommend checking out Yummy. Uh, Tremors, Shrieker Island finally got around to this. It's a good time. Uh, um, it, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. Uh, but uh, I've liked the series. This is probably one of my least favorite sequels, but that's not saying much. I love all the entries in the film. I love this whole series. Um, I give it a six. It's worth checking out. Um, the, the locales are cool and all that stuff. So it, it's worth worth seeing for sure. I watched Jiu-Jitsu finally with Nick Cage. Um, holy crap. This thing sucks, um, but in a good way, I, I think. I had a good time with it. Um, plenty of martial arts. Got Frank Grillo really not doing anything in the movie, which is disappointing. Uh, Tony Yaw not doing anything at all um, in it. It's got that Elaine Moosey in it, who is doing the majority of the action, as well as a, uh, a lady who's not even on the front of the box, and she should be. She's pretty much the crux of the film. And then Nick Cage, of course, is um, kind of the leader of these guys. And, and he is caging it up. Um, they're not even hiding that. He's just a loose cannon in this one. It's weird. And then I watched The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And holy crap, watch this movie. I was very surprised at how much I loved this movie. It was that Fargo mixed with a horror werewolf movie that scratched that itch so well. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. And uh, I wish I'd gotten around to it sooner. It's so good. I loved every bit of this. Um, the performances are great. Uh, the story is fascinating. It's got some great horror. Um, it's got everything you're coming for. I think if, if a horror version of Fargo with a werewolf sounds cool, check this movie out. It should be at the top of your list. Uh, next up is First Cow from A24. Um, it's good. You know, I, There's not a whole lot to be said about this one. Um, it's a really good movie. And a, kind of a, just a nice story about, you know, this kind of cow that they have, you know, that someone else has. And there's a bakery that they use that only cow for. But the problem is it's not really their cow. They sneak over there and get the milk from it. And um, it, it's a fascinating film in that. Uh, good characters and, and uh, good stuff for sure. And I finally got around to the movie Burden. Um, and... Uh, it was good. Hey, you know, this this was fascinating. It came out, I guess, in 2018, although it finally got released officially in 20, 2020. And uh, it's it's worth seeking out. It has its problems. Um, I, get, I get the complaints about this movie, but at the same time, I do feel like it's a good film overall. And last but not least, I finally checked out The Living Dead Girl, directed by Gene Rollin. Uh, finally got a copy of that one. And uh, it's good, real good. Um, my only real issue is there's a lot of annoying screaming in it. Um, uh, but other than that, um, you know, that's just a personal gripe that I have with some horror films with uh, poor mixing. And uh, But, you know, overall, though, the story and the, the actual horror of it's really good. There's some beautiful locations, and it's a it's really solid film for what I'm assuming is a really low-budget movie. Um, I'd probably give it a 7 or an 8 out of 10 for sure, and uh, worth checking out for sure. And that's it for me. Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> a lot of films to talk about. So um, we'll be right back uh, after this uh, to talk about the movie cinema history from the video stores. Welcome back to the Cast of Drips Blood. This is Dave, and we are talking about the kind of history of the movie store's impact on horror cinema. Uh, before we do that, um, 
you know, it's very, very sad that we even have to do this. Basically, the idea came from um, most of the movie stores in, in the traditional rental sense are going under. And uh, I kind of wanted to get y'all's thoughts on where, where the direction is heading, um, like a temperature check on physical media. I have my thoughts on it, um, but I'll go around the table, starting with Jody, on, on what your thoughts moving forward and the impacts this will have on the movie industry. Well, I think this is where we've been heading for some years, sadly. Um, I will always be a physical media person. Um, I just like having that collection on my shelf, those nice slip covers. The uh, One thing that a lot of people don't talk about is the bonus features. Now, maybe a lot of people don't care about bonus features like you know behind the scenes and classic trailers, which admittedly you can find on YouTube, a lot of times those classic trailers, but director's commentary, before I could afford to go to film school, director's commentaries on DVD were my film school. Any DVD I got, I would listen to the director commentary to learn some like filmmaking craft. You can't get that on Netflix. You can't get that on Hulu. You can't get that anywhere else that I know of. Um, I know Apple will release some bonus features sometimes, but when you buy a film digitally, but it's just not the same. And there was something magical being an 80s kid and going to the videos. You see the memes, but they're so true, of going to Blockbuster. It was For us, it was Video Connection. We didn't go to Blockbuster that much. We went to, uh, there was one closer to our house called Video Connection that became Movie Gallery before they went under, too. But there's just something magical of browsing this section. And so many times when my mom would be grocery shopping, I would be in the video store section of the grocery store. And because almost every one of our grocery stores had video rental Mm -hmm. back in the 80s and early to mid 90s. So like that's where I hung out while my mom grocery shopped. That's uh, just it's where I learned about movies that had, you know, when I was too young to even know about that when they had been released theatrically I would learn about those movies there so it's just the it's another channel for cinema it's another revenue loss I I know that studios also counted if, if a movie had been a box office failure a lot of times on home video they would get a cult following and then become Sometimes even get sequels based on that, so it's just another it's another it's another loss to the industry that way. What do you guys think? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, obviously, we're losing family video right now, which I do believe they had between 150 and 200 stores left uh, nationwide. But um, I even went to my local video game store yesterday, uh, mom and pop shop, and. I'm sorry to say they really didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a lot of stuff that they were trying to sell, but there was, you know, it was it was a lot of just sports games and stuff's been picked over, which, you know, people aren't going to buy that. But even they had some really good stuff in there, um, as far as like some old classic computers go. They had a lot of those, and uh, you know, and that's kind of a niche market, but also a a retro video game store is a niche store too. Um, you know, and 
so having family video finally going out and then seeing them and then uh, I know of another video game store in St. Louis where um, they're not doing bad but they have said that uh, there's a lot of days where they intake more than they sell which isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as that's not every day mm-hmm. um, so it, it's I, a lot of the niche stuff will still be around uh, a lot of the boutique stuff that that you know we're interested in because there's gonna be they're gonna cater to the market that is us but uh as far as mainstream i i honestly don't know i don't think it'll die overnight i don't think it'll be gone next week or next month or next year uh but i do think there'll be a a a pretty big cut in a lot of mainstream uh physical media and uh kind of like jody whenever my mom and used to go shopping at good old town and country uh i would hang out in the video game aisle and look at the video games and the movies for rent and uh, they had a Bad Dudes arcade cabinet in there, too. Uh, so I'd play a lot of that. And I still remember the weekend where we rented Major Pain and Double Dragon on VHS. Ooh, I loved that weekend. But looking back on it now, it's like, man, Double Dragon's a horrible movie. But uh, I still love it in its own way. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm I, I'm kind of in the middle. I think I think I'm... I think that the movie stores are going to go part part of the problem that they've always that they've had is I think that it's managing the price and finding a good price for rentals like to me family videos prices for rentals were pretty high um usually uh, to where to the point to where I'd rather just buy them usually from them um and then at that point you know the convenience factor fee, factored in for rentals so I don't I don't know if this really spells the end of physical media. I, I don't see it that way. I think I think some people will. Um, I think for rentals' sake, the the cost is just if you're going to rent it, it's temporary to me anyway. If that makes any sense. Um, so you're having to return that media. It's cool to look at the aisles and, and review you know the physical part of that and I would still rather go to a video store than browse digital selection Um, but frankly the the experience is largely largely the same and you don't really get as much of a benefit for me as the rentals especially the movie industry kind of hurt the rental industry when they started as you'd said kind of talked about with uh, special features where a lot of the rental discs are rental specific and don't have any special features they started kind of taking away some of the appeal of the video store. Some of them um, I've seen don't even have a scene select. Yeah, they uh, just go right into the movie if they're yeah. a rental option. And then the quality's sometimes not as good either. Um, th- there's a lot of issues with those rental discs. And I-, I think that the movie industry started hurting themselves as much as anything with them. I think um, the movie industry, if they're smart, you're, you're right. And, and I think both of you brought up great points because I think that we're losing something powerful um, with the movie stores and these rental stores. But I also like where, where uh, Mike's coming from with it'll be around. It's just to a different crowd. So it's time that the, the movie industry starts appealing to that niche crowd better because a lot of these movies that are coming out getting released to DVD are just these shoehorned in you know, releases that don't have any special features or anything worthwhile. And um, 
you know, I, to appeal to that crowd, you're going to have to do something better. Because what am I going to do? You know, if am I going to go, am I going to buy this movie physically or am I going to get it cheaper over digital? You know, at the end of the day. And if you're not giving me any special features or any benefit other than a box to get that film, you know, then, then there's a problem. For me, I'm going to get the box because that's what I like. Um, but for a lot of people, I just, I think that they're, they're um, pricing themselves out of the market. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I hate it for sure but I don't, I don't think physical media is dead by any means I, I think I, I agree just look at these niche boutique blu-ray markets if you think that like physical media is going to die tomorrow or, or whatever or in the coming months just look at these boutique blu-ray labels that are getting sales better than they've always had the people that are very loyal to blu-rays will always be there they just need to do a better job at marketing to those people because the casual audiences are just going to pick up a movie off of a rental or wait for it to come out to stream. That's been a problem for years. It's just compounded with, you know, more and more people needing to stay home, if that makes any sense. Because, I mean, you know, it's to them it's the same price. You know, they're getting a movie. They're getting the movie that they want to watch. And then, you know, not having to return it to the video store. So I think they just need to do a better job at, at you know, appealing to that niche market. Okay, uh, does anyone have anything to add to that, or are we going to move on to the historical impact of video stores on the horror cinema? Yeah, now, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in with what you had said, and, and I agree. Um, you know, it, it will shift, and, and, I, and I think they'll, uh, they'll start advertising or getting themselves out to that, to that niche market more because they know, you know, unfortunately we've seen where Oh, there's only a thousand of these. You better get them while they last, and then they sell out in 30 mm-hmm. seconds. And then, miraculously, they find another 10,000 more in a warehouse. You know, a month later. Yep, they're uh, all very good at that one. Yeah, and so, <laughs> I, I think, and, and I'm not saying they, they're doing it nefariously, but some of them are, um, and sometimes it is legit. Like, uh, you know, I think Synapse found uh, some some Suspiria steelbooks like six or eight months after. They said it was out of print, and they're like, listen, we got 100 of them left. They're on the store. Get them while they're, they're here. Um, you know, and, and I think that's an honest mistake. But then, you know, that the Screen Factory Friday the 13th said, it seems like that dude just kept coming and coming out and coming out. Oh, we found more. Oh, we found more. And so I, I think we'll see a lot more of that stuff, um, kind of the, the Nintendo artificial hype, uh, you know, sales model. Um, which would have me be counted out at that point. I would, I don't like that stuff at all. Like yeah, I don't I, mind, I don't mind limited releases as long as they're fair. Um, like get them while you can. I'm fine with that. Like, yep. I don't mind, but if they're intentionally going to do the, the, I found another, you know, hundred copies of this film. No, I'm not doing that. Cause I, I know that that's not correct. I'm sorry, sorry, industry guys. I know that's just not the case. Um, I, I've, I think we've all at some some point worked in warehousing of some sort, uh, whether it be stocking or keeping everything fresh. You don't just find a box of supplies you didn't know was there. Yeah. Um, especially of a hundred and fifty dollar, you know, box set of Friday the Thirteenth. You don't just lose that and happen to come across another box of it. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, right. Um, but 
and I do think because there's still so much stuff that's not available available for digital or digital rental or to you know Netflix Hulu to stream. Uh, you know, right now I'm I'm going through Amazon uh, because I was trying to find good examples of stuff you will never see on a streaming service, but that there's a large fan for uh, you know fan gathering for. I found the the perfect example. Shin Sengumi Chronicles, I Want to Die a Samurai. Uh, You know, old Japanese samurai films. Is there a single one of those streaming on a streaming service right now? If they were, it'd be like one of the niche ones. Yeah, the Criterion Channel probably has Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm -hmm. You know, which is arguably one of the biggest, you know, samurai uh, film series. But I know all kinds of people that love samurai films. I mean, I like them. Dead Eye Dave, I know you like them. Um, and so, as a fan of that, you wouldn't be able to find them. You know, I got a buddy at work who he loves old, cheesy martial arts movies. And he has one place really to go, and that's Flicks of Fury on, on Pluto, I think it is. Um, you know, you there's that... that niche crowd they they can't find their uh their fix on streaming so they're gonna have no no other choice but to go physical still yeah i i agree i don't i don't think it'll ever go away i i think it's concerning in the sense of the of the rental store aspect but i don't think the the uh, retailers are ever gonna fully go away as long as they're they got to be in a big enough market is the sad thing yep um to survive yeah, in a physical location, but I think there's plenty there's plenty of us out there that are willing to buy, and the people that are willing to buy it are some. Of, it's one of the most lucrative markets. Like I guarantee, like Vinegar Syndrome and Severin are raking it in right now. Like I have no doubt of that. I don't think they're rich by any means, but they've got plenty of money to keep going and operating. Um, just because people like us, I know I spend a shit ton on films. So, and I'm sure all of you guys are fairly in a similar boat. Um, so, that's what it is. And there's still a huge presence of physical media at stores like Target and Walmart and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, they're, they're yeah. not going to want to lose that revenue stream like you are saying. No, they're not. They've got, they get plenty of money from, there's people that just don't, that, there's a lot of older people in the world, first off, that, that just want the box. You know, I'm not saying only older people are that way. But I don't think they like, for the majority of them, like the streaming idea as much. Um, and then, you know, there, there's just a lot lot to it. There's a very interesting debate to it. But regardless, it, it does appear that the rental situation for, for the movie industry has shifted into mostly digital. Which, to me, makes sense. I think it's a natural progression. Um, mm-hmm. Because, uh, again, it's, it's the same thing. You're not keeping the box. So to me, it's mm-hmm. not you're not losing anything by renting a movie digitally. And my from my eyes, it's the purchase aspect. Um, but it still sucks to see the rental rental stores go. I, I've been trying to rent movies more when I go to them because I, I don't like renting personally. Um, I, I'd rather own it, you know, so I can get around to it when I can. But I was trying to rent movies more and and stuff at the stores to help them keep afloat, but it didn't uh, didn't quite work. <laughs> um, but. You know, it's a fascinating debate, and uh, I guess that'll segue us into, you know, kind of the impact of of 
horror and what how horror blew up a lot and thanks to the video store um i'm sure y'all have a lot of thoughts on on that because you were you're around I, I i'm in the hindsight of it to be fair this is an episode that i'm gonna let you guys share your experiences with i just know the historical you know kind of you know point of view from it um but horror cinema was impacted hugely by the video stores and in fact i don't think the popularity of 80s horror uh specifically would have nearly been the same without these video stores because countless stories uh, just about everyone that's into horror that's in the 30 40 year old age range goes i i got the love for horror through the video store looking at the aisles looking at the box arts the box and, art exactly yeah. and, and and it at that time it was a different time for rentals right because VHSs at the start were extremely expensive, um, and pe most people couldn't afford it. We don't even, we don't remember it now because movies are, let's be honest, movies are fairly inexpensive. Twenty dollars, you're looking at the box and you're going, that's actually a little costly for a movie. You know, a physical movie. You know, ten dollars, fifteen dollars is fairly normal for a DVD. Uh, it wasn't always that way. Um, it was sixty, seventy dollars for these VHS tapes. Sometimes more. Um, when they first came out and these video stores gave people a way to check out these movies at a cheaper price and um, You know at that time the the movie collecting boom hadn't gone up as much So rentals were extremely popular and gave people an opportunity to check out these movies The otherwise wouldn't and it created a culture really of physical media collection that went on for years And of course it ushered in a new era of censorship as well yeah, dude. With the, which I, I love the concept of the video nasties, those eighty something films or whatever that the censorship board deemed <laughs> illegal or whatever, and all that that did was just gain more notoriety and attention for those films, mm -hmm. because you could go into the horror section and there would be thirty or forty films that would always be in stock because they just looked so sleazy or you know, graphic or things like that, so they wouldn't get rented as, as often as more of the mainstream horror titles, like the Freddies and the, like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and the Friday the 13th movies, I can, and Halloween. They had to keep replacing the Halloween movies because they would get stolen. And, and that's uh, why Halloween 2, back before when only 1 through 5 existed, Halloween 2 was the actually last Halloween movie that I saw because the copy kept getting stolen. So it was never available for me to see, and there was, of course, no streaming services. But, the you know, back to the censorship thing, like, if, if we would never think about, you know, I guess maybe we do, like, if there was that movie Cuties that came out earlier this year, but, like, the, the idea of, like, censorship and um, notoriety gained for these movies came from the VHS area. Mm-hmm. And the box art was crucial because the, I think it was Evil Dead that Stephen King put, I love this movie or whatever, and they put that on the box. And that's how that got its like notoriety. Like, oh, Stephen King loves this movie, so we should rent it. Yeah, I, I agree. Mike, what are your thoughts on, on the history of it? Um, which my history in the video store began about 10 years ago later after probably Jody's did um, you know where my video store experience was starting in the, the, the early to mid 90s 
Um, and there was a, a ton of movies that started coming out. Like, I remember uh, seeing the Puppet Master movies available to rent. And, you know, not just the, the first one, um, but like those direct-to-video to releases that Full Moon and, and Troma kind of capitalized on back during the rental boom. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember they scared the crap out of me. I don't know why, but I always stayed away from that little shelf that had the, the Puppet Master movies on them. Um, you know, and... My, my start to horror kind of came with uh, a lot of people think less on it now, but the, the, the 90s horror that was coming out in the mid-90s, mid to late 90s, you know, I can remember renting, you know, Scream. Uh, I know what you did last summer. Uh, the the Faculty. I, I remember renting that on VHS. Um, and I do remember renting uh, Halloween 3 as well. Because it, it's kind of funny that Jody mentioned the Halloween series. Um, most of those in our local rental store was also gone. And it was only Halloween 3 was the only one that you could ever find in there. Um, and after I watched it, I figured out why. Um, but, you know, it's it's just... I, I probably would have never seen that movie otherwise if I wouldn't have been like, Oh, I know the Halloween movies and I've never seen three, and then I finally seen it in there, I, I probably wouldn't have ever, you know, went out of my way to rent that. Um, you know, and... Which, I, I kind of have a sad story with one of the local rental places there in town, and that's because I got banned from renting movies from there, but it wasn't my fault. That was because of a... Uh, my last name shared the same last name with somebody who kept stealing movies from there. Um, oh, no. Yeah, uh, I had a family member that was synonymous with not returning films that he rented. And um, once I tried to rent a movie, they saw my last name and they promptly said, you are not allowed in here. Even though I had no association with that person. Uh, so I had to go to across town to rent movies or have mom do it, um, which she was usually fine with it. But there was just so much stuff that I wouldn't have found normally if it wasn't for the rental store and just looking at the box art themselves. Uh, you know, I can remember renting Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, you know, the infamous Double Dragon. I, I remember renting that. Um, and it's probably something you would have never... Well, Double Dragon doesn't exist anywhere on any streaming service now. So, um, you know, it's a movie you'd have never saw it unless I saw it in the in the video store and that's what I really like. So Yeah, I I think it's there's a lot of cool stories about the video store and and kind of our experiences. My I, I still had a video store and we went very often. Um but it was it was a little different by the time um I was growing up. But I do remember, you know, similar stories of like movies that I was always curious about, and uh, this will probably show my age, you know, these types of movies being the ones that I remember from a kid. Um, like, I, I remember the, uh, like, Bride of Chucky being a big movie, you know, and the posters of that, and them freaking me out, because I was afraid of dolls and stuff, and uh, stories like that. I, I uh, remember seeing movies like Laid to Rest, and I'm like, 
man, I want to watch that, you know, <laughs> type thing. But, like, I wouldn't have been able to rent them, you know, or whatever. So, I mean, just I, I remember so many types of things like that. And uh, at that time, that was the big direct-to-DVD boom mm-hmm. um, for horror cinema in the early 2000s. The problem was a lot of it sucked. And, you know, unlike the 80s and, and kind of 90s horror uh, video store era, it was it was a much different uh, quality range of movies. But I, re- I remember one movie poster that always stood out um, was when Silence of the Lambs first hit video. I remember that movie poster plastered on the front of Spitzmiller movies. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out why there was a moth over somebody uh, over a woman's mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I I always looked at that movie poster and was like, the movie's called Silence of the Lambs. It has nothing to do with a moth or anything like that. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And I remember actually asking, you know, my mom one time. She's like, oh, I don't know. I've never seen that film. And so I was always curious about that. And I, and I finally watched Silence of the Lambs towards the late 90s, um, you know, whenever I was 12 or 13 years old. But, uh, you know, being five or six, seven years old, wandering around the movie store and just staring at that poster, trying to figure out what is going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, too, for sure. I um, I do wish I would have been around to watch to see, like, one of the – VHS racks of just filled with films, and uh, I, I think that one's that would be something I would I would have enjoyed quite a bit, um, you know, seeing all the the box art and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, it, it's not happening. <laughs> but uh, pretty interesting stuff for sure. So yeah, it's it and it's kind of sad, you know. I I remember uh, Spitzmellers did have a copy of copy of uh, Dead Alive on VHS. Um, I, I can remember that whenever I was little. Uh, I don't know whatever happened to it, but uh, hopefully people rented it all the time and wore out the tape because everybody loved it. Um, yeah, there's just something about being able to pick up that box and actually read about it and see who's in it and directed it, and you can see all the art and pictures from the movie. Um, you know, when, when you're scrolling through Hulu and Netflix, it's sometimes it's, uh, doesn't have as much information as you would like. Yeah. You know, so then you got to look up the movie. Um, and so you're, you're looking at this film that you run across on Netflix and then now you're jumping on your phone to look it up, to see who's in it, who directed it, you know, uh, when did it come out? And so it, it could be five minutes, and then you decide, ah, I don't really want to watch that after all. You know, where, I don't know. It, I, I just like being able to pick up and hold things and search out treasures. And the video store was always kind of like that for me. Hmm. Definitely a lot of good stories. Definitely the discussion that I wanted to have about um, these movies and the video stores I, I just find it fascinating how each of our experiences you know i'm sure they were meaningful to us in some some different ways for sure i think the closest experience i have to these video stores is uh like v stock or you know entertainment centers those types of things 
but around just walls and walls of films, which that's my favorite store, man. I, that, that place is crazy with how much stuff, stuff they have um, and that. But it's changed uh, quite a bit. You know, you could still order these movies on the Internet in places like Diabolic and Grindhouse. Um, try and keep a similar atmosphere to these movie stores, and, and I appreciate that for sure. And uh, it's just kind of a different way of doing it. Don't forget about the Dark Force Entertainment Superstore. No, I will forget about that. No <laughs> order from them. I worked at three different video stores over my career, and it, they were some of my favorite jobs that I ever had. Cool. Uh, just... Do you do you have any specific memories you wanted to share from from working at these video stores? Uh, just the experience of people like if you've seen the movie Clerks where she's asking for the recommendation between the two movies mm-hmm. uh, it's it's actually that's pretty realistic They'll, people would bring up like uh, like which of these would you rent or have you seen either of these so it's like um, getting to know people I got to know my customers quite a bit um, and their tastes and I tried to provide them the same experience that a lot of the video stores that I went to a lot of times you know it's annoying for stores or shops where just a kid comes in unattended and just is looking around and hanging out but there were some video stores growing up that were really nice to me and they recognized me and knew me by name and kind of made me always feel warm and welcome even if i was just kind of hanging out in there while my mom was shopping so i wanted to in turn give that experience to people and it was it was a great experience cool Definitely glad to hear that. Um, I never had the opportunity to work at one myself. I, I worked at one that was connected to a video store um, with um, the local grocery store. Weirdly enough, our area was so small. There wasn't, I mean, there was, I think, at one time, what was it, Hollywood Video or something? That was We dedicated. had a family video. Yeah, it was uh, something like that. I forgot what it was. It might have, I forgot which one it was. I don't know if it was family video or not. I remember it had like a sun or something on it with glasses, I think. Um, either way, I, I don't remember what it was called. It might have been family video for all I know. I, I don't know. Um, but I remember that's the only dedicated one we had. The other ones were in that um, the uh, that Spitzmiller's you were talking about was actually a uh, washer and dryer mat, like a laundry mat uh, yeah. mixed with a, a tape store, which had to cause issues. I don't, <laughs> I guarantee you most of those tapes probably had mold on them yeah. um, pretty quick. Um, you know, people probably weren't concerned about it at those times, but <laughs> who knows Who knows the damage that that might have had on, on VHS players over time. Yeah, that, that family video that you bring up, or, or whatever its name was, was on our main drag in Ironton. Mm-hmm. And, like, you walk in, and it was like the quintessential 80s, uh, like basement or man cave. Yeah, it, it had wood paneled walls, and that short, short like indoor carpeting, and it was just lined with movies. And they were actually pretty cool. We, uh, I know me and Steve went in there numerous times over the years. Uh, I never rented a lot of movies from there because that was back during when the Super Nintendo was out, and then as the Super Nintendo was getting phased out. So I remember buying a lot of Super Nintendo games from them for like two bucks just because they're like, here, you can have this one because you've rented it 20 times. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's how I got game a game like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. That's how I discovered that. Oh, yeah. Oh, the best. Yeah. That game's great. We, uh, yeah, the, the, that was a cool place. I, I forgot what it was called now, but I remember it closing, actually. 
Um, that was really I wasn't old enough really to go in it very much. Um, we had a the, the I think the main one we used was uh, the the grocery store since you know it was just convenient. It was right there, and I did work at that for a while. I, I um, dealt with some returns and stuff like that. That's the closest thing to a to a video store. I was a night manager there, um, but that was just kind of a side gig to the to the main thing that was the grocery store. Um, so, but as far as the movies went, I just bought all the ones that went on sale immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I, uh, I did that, and then got a bunch of movie posters from them. So. <laughs> yeah, you did get a bunch of cool posters and that's one thing i'm gonna miss too is like the art that came with the movies like movie posters or new release posters or just advertisement art for it um you know when our family video was going uh, you know is closing down i asked dead eye dave we ended up being at the store at the same time on accident and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny and I asked him, I said, hey, you want to buy all those new release posters off the wall? And he's like, yeah, sure. You know, so they had seven or eight of them up there. And I think, you know, we each chipped in five bucks and bought them all. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's something that you're not going to get a new release or, you know, a new release poster in the mail from Netflix. They're going to send you an email. And uh, and it's not going to be all their new releases. It's going to be the new releases they think you want to see. You know, so you're not going to be able to find that that film that totally blows you away because of how different it is from anything else you've seen. Mm. They're going to keep showing you the same things over and over again that they think you like. Yeah, yeah that's I hate true. That. Yeah, I the recommendations thing is is usually not very great. Um, yeah. I, I don't ever use them. They, uh, you would think after watching enough of the obscure horror films, they would quit recommending me like freaking i can't even think off the top of my head just stupid stuff it's like no uh, why why would you think i want to watch that um netflix would recommend me the lincoln lawyer for years yeah i'm like i've I've seen that movie it's an all right movie it's not bad but stop recommending it to me i i I don't want to see the lincoln lawyer don't joke yeah it's kind of funny and um yeah, but it's sad at the same time. So yeah. um, it'll just be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out in the end with with how the the actual physical media goes. But uh, like I said, I, I really have faith that it'll continue as an industry. But uh, this is the rallying cry uh, now. Uh, that I will say, you know, before we close anything out, support what you have left. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't sit yourself in regret because I, I was looking at the family video comment section people are like oh i can't believe you closed i used to go there as a kid then still go <laughs> these businesses depend on you they are not going to stay around and these people are pissing and moaning about you know stay, and i'm sorry for getting mean about it but it, it takes me off because that is actually family video was an extremely important part of my life like i went all the time um it was you one of the places that at least once or twice a month no, it was yeah. It, it was at least that yeah. when it was in Park Hills, it was every day. You know, I would go or not every day, but probably two or three times a week. I would guess to go in there, um, or because I would drive to those and you know that one or the Farmington one. It's um, so and I hate to be mean about it, but if you like something, you've got to financially support it. Sometimes, yes, you can illegally stream these movies for free. I hear hear that argument. Don't do that. If you like cinema, 
I, I understand wanting to do that every once in a while, and it's okay. It's not going to kill the industry. But if all you do is stream illegally movies, you're hurting the industry. And eventually, if everyone did that, there would be no industry. You would no longer be able to do that. It's the people like us that pay for the movies, that buy these movies and support the industry. They keep it going. Don't be that guy. That's why I'm asking. If you like the industry, and if you're listening to this podcast, I see of no reason not to. Um, support your local video stores, the ones that are left. Buy movies. You know, buy physical media. If you want it to continue, buy it more. You know, I'm not saying you have to go make yourself broke, but you know, show the industry that physical media is still around and it's here to stay, and people are willing to buy it. It's important. It really is because I I saw a lot of people with a lot of regrets on those comment sections. Don't let it be a regret that eventually physical media dies completely. And uh, people then start sitting there crying about it over when they could have easily fixed it themselves. They just they just didn't want to. Too much of an inconvenience. I know that sounds mean, but I'm, I'm just I'm being just blunt and honest about this. It, it really is important. Same with the theaters. You know, if you want the theaters to stick around, you need to go to the movie theater. You know, it, it might be an inconvenience. You can watch Wonder Woman at home, you know, with, you know, whatever you got already. Go see it in the movie theater if you want movie theaters to stay alive. If you don't, then then don't, you know, that, that's your prerogative. But don't sit there and cry about it, you know, two years from now when movie theaters are closing, going, oh, I used to do this as a kid and I wish it never went away. Well, it's your fault. <laughs> I'm off my soapbox. How do you think this, with Family Video being the last major chain of video stores, gonna, is it going to impact the digital rental prices? Because... Here's the situation. I don't know if, that it will, for me personally. But like, do you think it would go up or go down, or like, since there's no competition? I think it'll stay for, the same. Okay. Because, frankly, Family Video is the last bastion of this kind of idea, anyway. Sure. Um, because what would happen? Okay, take take October for example. I had an all day horror movie marathon that I hosted at my house, and there were some movies that I didn't own or some new release movies I wanted. Well, I can rent it for seven dollars digitally. Or go down to Family Video and rent it for three bucks. Yep. And some of the general titles, oh, you want four or five dollars for me to rent that when I could go rent it two for a dollar at Family Video. And I have a Family Video. Well, I had a Family Video less than a mile from my house. Yeah. So th- I, there, there's no way I'd, I'd digitally rent a film for seven bucks when I could go rent it and support a local business for three dollars, you know. And, and then on top of that, I, I think for me now, this is definitely going to make me switch to buying more physical films so I guess that's one positive out of this because I would rather buy a physical film I I can't me personally I can't do a $7 digital rental I just can't I just won't do it I I agree I'm not I'm not well I mean it depends on the movie I don't have a problem with the $7 rentals that were like brand new like kind of theatrical digital simultaneous releases I don't mind that that's fine for me and that's what a lot of them are They're, they're the newer ones that kind of get released to digital first, you know, in my mm-hmm. experience. From there, they're, they're a little bit more expensive, you know, $3, $4. I don't think the, the prices are going to really change much. Um, realistically, I would hope that they would go down eventually. Um, and I think they, they may. I, I doubt they're going to go up because you're right. You know, I, I'm in the same boat. And I, but the, frankly, I've been in the same boat even with the physical rentals because I, I thought $3, you know, Sometimes $4 for a movie rental for one night at Family Video was fairly expensive. Because, you know, I look at that DVD. On some of those movies, it's 10 bucks to buy it. And I'm like, 
why the heck would I rent this? Because if I want to sure. buy it down the line, why the heck am I going to pay? I would end up paying more for it than it's worth in the end. So I'm just going to buy it. And if I don't like it, then I'll sell it for half the price and then be at the same place as a rental. You know, that's how I viewed it. So for me, rentals of this isn't a surprise to me, frankly, uh, because I just think the rental industry kind of priced themselves out. And it's not their fault. It's it's expensive to keep these things open. But I don't know. I just didn't see the value in three or four dollars for a rental. If I was going to buy that movie, it'd be, you know, if it was a twenty-five dollar Blu-ray, that's one thing. Rent for three or four dollars, which became, you know, fairly common, especially with Disney movies. But you know, I, I'm I don't know. I don't know how it'll affect the rental stores, but or the digital rental spaces. But if I had to guess, I would assume that they're only likely to go down because of. I think streaming movies is going to be more common. These exclusive deals and stuff like that mm -hmm. um, are becoming more common. And people are just waiting for Netflix. You know, they're like, oh, I don't want to spend $3 on a movie. I'll wait for Netflix. And it's like, okay, you know, you know that bubble's going to burst eventually, guys. You know, that, that, right. that can't sustain itself in yeah. the movie industry. Um, but okay, you know, whatever, you know, at that point. But I, I think a lot of people, more, more and more people are doing that all the time so I, I think they're going to have to price down to competitively compete um but i think these 20 dollars rentals are are going to stay and um for the movie like the theatrical releases or whatever and i'm okay with them it's just i'm not going to do a lot of them i'm just not willing to pay the pay the fee um but i, I think they'll be around and i, I don't mind them frankly if, if that's the way that they're going to get you know i i would pay for ones i want to see I'd be willing to do that and invite somebody over, split cost. That way, I'm fine with that. Right on. Anyone else have anything else they want to add before we close out the show? Uh, get out there and support your local business if uh, you can. Yeah, I, I agree. I was pretty brutal in my, my statement, and I do apologize if I offended anybody. But it's something that, that we're passionate about. And I think, I think sometimes... Uh, you know, it's easy to, you know, kind of sit back and, you know, wish things were different. But sometimes you have to actually make action, you know, to make things different. You know, and, and one thing we didn't touch on is it's not just about the movies either. Uh, the woman that, that has ran this family <clears throat> video, she's been there for, I think, 20 or 25 years yeah. now. And like yesterday, uh, me and my wife went in there and... It'll probably be the last time I go in there. They're, they're pretty picked clean except for a few things. Um, but she pulled up our account, and she goes, Oh, you've been with us for 12 years. Thank you, you know. Um, and she's crying. Yeah. Uh, because she sees people that have been coming in there for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, and... That and I mean that and I mean that's a job lost, you know that yeah. that someone has spent a long time at, you know that was yeah. once a stable career, that um, you know, is, is gone and and the digital rental space. The problem with that is there's no real careers in it. It's a server, you know. At that point, I mean there's programmers or whatever, but they're already there. Yeah. Um, there's not going to be any added jobs from you know a transition from the video store to digital. So yeah, it, it is causing people whose career. Um, was this to, to go under there's a lot of managers that have spent a long time in family videos because and whatever that have lost their jobs and and uh you know i hope they find something 
that they that they enjoy but but they were there because they loved it and there's yep. no alternative anymore so they've got to go find something they probably like a lot less you know you know to do that and that sucks it sucks bad you know and uh that sucks i i don't know what else to say about it i hate it yeah she didn't do that job to get rich she did it because she enjoyed it Mm-hmm. i agree that's probably a lot of people working in these video stores yep so go out and support the ones that you have left um it's important you know i don't i don't mean to be be a jerk about it but uh, i'm pretty serious about thoughts on video stores and and supporting the industry and uh you know that's what it is i just don't i just don't want to see a bunch of people crying again on a on a comment section that they that uh about why they closed and there were people still support because some of them were just mean about it they're like i can't believe you guys closed there we spent plenty of money there uh you know 10 years ago or whatever it's like <laughs> shut your mouth you know no your money 10 years ago doesn't mean anything yep you know screw that you know don't be the guy that that sits there crying on the comment section because something you liked 10 years ago has gone away because you did nothing to help it just don't be that guy because we don't want your sympathy so <laughs> either way i'm getting mean again but uh anyone else have anything to add on i, I my, my opinions are mine alone i'm dead eye dave you can find me on facebook and letterboxd i'm not a so <laughs> their opinions might not line up with mine so <laughs> oh well anyone else have anything to, to add before we close this thing out uh nope hope you guys have a great week absolutely yep. enjoy and that concludes our show we hope you've really enjoyed it if you did don't forget to leave us a review find us on facebook but one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us you know if they love movies and you love movies hopefully they love our podcast too so we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends and uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, but either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again. <laughs>